This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you are listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today we have EJ on from Nakasa. Um, I don't want to make sure I pronounced that right, so EJ, please correct that. Uh, but, but, but the discussion that we're going to be having is going to be tips for HR leaders to successfully undergo business reorganization in hybrid work environment. So a lot of things to unpack there, uh, but really, really good stuff. And I've been waiting for this podcast to happen. So EJ, thank you for being on the show. Uh, please introduce yourself and your company. Oh, thank you, William. Um, I'm very happy to be here. And yes, I'm, I'm the head of solution engineer for HCM or human capital management solution that we call Hanali uh, mm-hmm. for Nakisa. Nakisa is the, is the name of the, of the company. Nakisa. Yes. You know, I should know that. Uh, I've just been pronouncing it incorrectly all of these years. Um, so thank you for, for, uh, for fixing that for me. Um, so let's talk about, you know, hybrid is all the rage. Uh, I think everyone's starting to think about, you know, a return to some, some work uh, environment. Uh, I've got a lot of friends that are going, quote unquote, back to office. Uh, after September, um, or after after Labor Day in particular, um, mm-hmm. I want to kind of first before we jump in hallway into the start. What are you seeing, just from you know your perspective and your clients, from how they're kind of coming to and creating a hybrid model that works for them? Yeah, I, I think um, due to the pandemic, right? Organizations were uh, able to to test. Uh, by necessity or, or by choice, I would say different um, work engagement models. Mm-hmm. And um, of course, you know, technology um, is available today to work from home. Um, there was a big um, wave of people going to work from home. Um, there, there is, um, of course, there are people who couldn't go and, and um, they had to continue working uh, on, on premises. And um, then you have organizations that have a mix, right? People who have to be uh, in, 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 in presence and people who can be remote. So, and this proved to be, I would say, very effective. So productivity, even um, you, you would ask any CEO and they, will, they would tell you that productivity even, you know, went up a little bit. Now we have the side effect of that, which is, you know, the Zoom fatigue and all that, you know, working mm-hmm. from home. Um, and that's uh, that, that's something that organizations are, are are starting to realize, and they're like, uh, no meeting Tuesday, for example. So you get to you know do some detail cleansing <laughs> one day right. of the week, right? right? Uh, things like that. So now the challenge is okay. We we have tested uh, these new models, and uh, now that we're getting you know higher rates of vaccination. Um, people are feeling more confident going back uh, to the office. How, 
how can we take advantage of everything that we've learned during the crisis during during this last year and uh, how can we make this part of our day-to-day -day, right so now the question is about more uh, how the work should look like um, what are the things that I can do I can continue to remote um, and what are the things I'm gonna start doing in the office uh, right to continue being productive and and to to, to leverage everything that um, the resources and productivity that we have already reached right and then you have other companies who are definitely having to to reorg or to to realign um, the their workforce um, because of, of of you know uh, uh, demand problems and, and issues with the, with, yeah, their, their companies have been affected more than others. And um, so now we're seeing that all, all these discussions are happening. Okay, how the work should look like and all that. But we're also seeing at this moment, and this is uh, something that I, I, I saw from Ryan Roslansky, the CEO of LinkedIn, that he's calling this the great reshuffle. So not only companies are struggling to define how the work will look like, but also now is the, is the, the, the battle for, for, for talent, right? Um, that we get the right people to do the right things. So it's even more important now to define those, how the work will look like, how we're gonna engage and, and communicate that effectively to, to the talent, right? right. It, to keep them you know, working, stay in the organization or to attract new talents uh, because the other thing that's happening uh, during this, um, uh, I would say, uh, last year is also that companies are trying new business models. Mm -hmm. uh, like, for example, in the retail space, maybe the most evident one, um, every retailer is going e-commerce some way, somehow, right? Right. So they are, they are changing and they need new capabilities and, and they're developing that in-house when possible, but also... Now they're, they're requiring more talent to develop these new business models. And um, so we, we have that. We, we have tried the, the, the remote work or work from home. Um, now we're going back, but now we're also seeing the talents are, are demanding. So uh, maybe you, you can hear from Josh Bershing talking about employee branding. So now employers branding, sorry, that you need to, to, to attract, okay, what is the mission and vision and how, uh, the hybrid work, workforce model will, will play into that vision. And that's becoming the top priority for, for I would say, leadership. Um, that Those are the type of discussions I'm having uh, week in and week out lately. You know, what's interesting is, is what, you know, what we're, what we're talking about is right sizing, right? So mm -hmm. we got this, whether or not we liked it or not, or whether or not it was at gunpoint or not, we had this wonderful opportunity to then rethink work yeah and uh and again uh, it's unfortunate that so many people had to die and we had to have a catastrophic uh you know uh event for us to rethink work in this way um i think you and i both know that we would have probably gotten to this point over years mm -hmm. uh that, that some of these things were already in the works uh and some of these were already being done but you know march third things happens we all have to go and, and work from home and now it's a, it's a great experiment. And each company has learned something new about themselves. Um, and so now on the other side of that, now that we've learned things, we've tested things, there's been some experimentation, some failure, some success, you know, all of that stuff. And now it's a matter of, okay, now how do we operationalize this? How do we maximize, you know, the value and the experience 
right? So now we want to maximize the experience for everyone involved, from managers, executives, employees, candidates. We want everyone to have a better experience. And so now we're, re, we're deeply rethinking work. And, uh, and you know this because, you know, y'all, y'all do a lot, a lot of consulting in this space. Every company is going to go about this differently. Like what one model works for, you know, Zappos might not work for GM or GM's model might not work. Well, hell, GM's divisions, you know, might have to actually do that different differently. So everyone's going to be coming to different conclusions of what working looks like and what work looks like. That's why I'm, I'm fascinated about, you know, the hybrid model and people trying new things. Um, I do believe uh, pretty strongly, actually, I do believe it's failure to force people to do something that, that maybe is either a natural or just counter to their interest. Uh, I, I, do, I think there's ways to get there with options, you know, and, 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 uh, and flexibility. But, uh, but I've, I've actually had a lot of conversations, candidate side, that are, you know, I, I want to work from Idaho. So mm-hmm. I'm only going to be looking at jobs that, you know, I have a great house, great life. I spend time with my family. I, I, I can do the job from anywhere in the world. I, I'm going, going, only, only going to be looking for jobs that look like this, which makes sense from a candidate because they can make those decisions. But it's also interesting to think about employees and what we're hearing about the great resignation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not sure I believe in all the hype yet, but I do believe employees have learned a lot about themselves through this process as well and yeah. how and how they mm, like to work or perceive how they think that they're the most productive yeah absolutely um i, I would say one of the things that that you know work from home um enabled was trust so mm, great you, point great point yeah, EJ. you you cannot work uh remotely if you don't get you know uh, a great amount of trust and um, with trust also comes uh, you know uh, responsibility independence and um, what happened is people were I would say more empowered uh, to to execute and to ask for the resources that they need to to complete the job and um, so that uh, I think is is a, is a common expectation now right um, why should you care if I work from uh, Idaho or you know <laughs> South Montana, right? Right. Or, or, or from Miami um, in South Beach. Um, if you trust that I can do the job, uh, why, why not? And, uh, and definitely, yes, um, I think we all were in this crisis together and uh, we all uh, started uh, reevaluating our values, who we want to be associated with, uh, what is important in life. Um, and uh, of course, um, there isn't, I would say, a normal rate of uh, um, resignation and uh, and the talent rotation, but maybe what happened with COVID is that that was uh, uh, put on pause, right? We paused right. that because you know people were you know measuring uh, the, the crisis, um, and now the, the the floodgates are are open. So now that that people are more confident uh, that they will not get sick, and uh, and so on the we have now more options. People are starting to see more options. And, and this is where the, the, the employers need to think about, okay, how, how do I retain this? Uh, how do I keep these levels of trust and empowerment that uh, I already lived and, and it was 
successful for, for, for many. Uh, how do I keep that moving so I can attract the right talent, right? right. These, new, these new models, these new ways of work. You know, what's interesting is, is there's no absolutism either. It's not a hundred percent, you know, it's, it's, it's not black and white. There's going to be a lot of gray area. We've learned that about ourselves. It's not absolutism in the sense that everyone has to come back to work or uh, everyone can be remote forever. The, you, there can be, you know, there's legitimate reasons for why people need to be in the office. A, B, there's also legitimate reasons why people want to go to an office. Uh, we've, we've kind of forgotten that, that, you know, you have, you know, as an example, you have three kids under the age of five, you, you might just need a respite. You know, the office is just a place that you can get away and focus and, and, uh, and the camaraderie of an office and all that other stuff. Like we've kind of forgotten some of that, that people like to work differently. And, uh, I think it's, I think it's, you know, companies and managers and executives, determining what works best for their company as a whole, and then starting to kind of parse that down all the way to the individual, the employee's experience and like, okay, you know, what, what works well for Sally might not work well for Ted. All right, that's fine. Well, let's find out what, what works best for everyone and creating environments that, that make sense. I, um, because we talked a little bit about reorganization, in the title, I want to make sure that we kind of touch on that a little bit because you and I are talking about it, reorganization, in the sense of we've learned things through this process and now it's a good time to then take what we've learned and then do something with it. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things, like give us, a, some, again, no names, but give us some examples of how people have rethought work and have reorganized around work, you know, I won't say post COVID, but post you know, a majority of the trauma and what, you know, where we're at right now. Yeah, I would say maybe the, the, the easiest part or the uh, emergency type of reorgs that uh, we see very common is succession planning, right? To have a mm. proper succession plan in place and uh, to simulate what will happen if we, we lose these key positions here and there and uh, what, what, how can we prepare for that? that that's like the, the, the easy, most immediate uh, type of reorganization that companies think about. And um, what it comes down to is, okay, um, is to identify those talents, identify the people, right? Um, this is where we, we, we need to empower HR to have those analytics so they can slice and dice the data to find, uh, and as you mentioned very well, uh, identify those groups and the needs for those different groups and um, understand their needs, their, 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 their experience, and making sure that um, whatever changes we make uh, to the organization, because the, we know also that 80% of transformation fail, uh, and we don't want to do that after a, a pandemic, right? We want to make these changes, um, communicate clearly the objectives, why we're doing this, and um, engage the right people, uh, all the decision makers uh, in, in a, also in a faster way. That, that's the other challenge that HR has today, that the, the, the speed of change uh, has changed dr dramatically. I mean, before COVID, we were seeing transformation and, and disruption, but now it's like every month is a new thing, right? So having that, I would say, um, uh, analytic capabilities to do those analysis, find those uh, patterns and or groups and, and being able to make decisions based on, on real data and not just hunches, 
um, that's that's what I think is the challenge that uh, the HR profession has right now to to be uh, in accordance to this transformation wave that we're we're suffering. I don't think it's going to slow down anytime soon. Uh, after a big crisis, is what we also see is the, the you know there's a big consolidation afterwards, right? Um, mergers, acquisitions, and so on. So I. I'm expecting this at the end of the year, we're gonna start seeing big big ones. We already seen a little bit here and there. Um, so having uh, that ability to have the right information to base your target operating system, your target organization on real data, on real input, that's very important. And the second thing that I'm seeing on with technology is like, for example, um, uh, Microsoft with the Viva application, uh, they are collecting, the employee experience directly from the employee, right? Because now we are spending more time, you know, on Teams, maybe eight to ten hours a day on, mm-hmm. on Teams. So you can collect the, the employee experience. You can you can identify uh, burnout. You can identify. So you can get all those. I would say employee experience analytics as well. So you mix them up with your your core HR system analytics, your 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 core HR analytics, your talent analytics, and making sure that you're considering all these dimensions when you're doing changes. And that you you manage better the change so it doesn't create a negative impact uh, to the people. And again, this is very important that yeah everybody is uh, I would say uh, more flexible these days. Everybody has an open mind uh, towards uh, different ways of working, but also I, I would say leadership needs to communicate uh, clearly the objectives and the direction and the, the why. Uh, the things are changing in, into this uh, or that direction. And uh, this is where you engage talent, you engage the right people, and uh, you make sure that everybody's behind you uh, and not just doing it for the sake of doing it. And uh, which I would say was, was the, the, the mode, the do- <laughs> modus operandi uh, mm-hmm. before, right? It was like a top-down type of decision. Uh, I think right now we have the technology to make this uh, bottom-up, top-down, left and right, at the, all at the same time. Well, one of the things you're touching on that's super important for organizations to learn is that we're dealing with a lot of massive change management. Well, we dealt with it at gunpoint because we had to. Mm -hmm. Um, And now what's coming next is because we choose to. And uh, and so change management is going to happen, uh, and everyone's going to be doing it differently. Which again, I think there's that's there's an appropriateness to that. Um, and change management, one of the, the pillars of change management is communication, mm-hmm. and making sure that people know kind of what's coming and why it's coming and why it's important, etc. Um, I know people will wonder after they listen to this, uh, how do they measure success? Like, how do you know, you, you know, when, you, when you're thinking about rethinking work, you know, in the middle of it, you might not even be able to see the forest for the trees, but how do you, how do you guide your clients and how do you give advice to people on, you know, how do we know if we're doing this right? I, I would say, um, first of all, you know, your employee engagement, if your employee mm. is going up, okay. you, you are... Uh, at least you have the team to succeed, I would say, uh, uh, being, being simplistic or simplify, oversimplifying. Um, but it's all about performance, right? It's, it's at the end of the day, uh, we have to sell more. We have to serve our customers better. Um, we have to be more uh, agile and, and uh, adapt to different uh, situations and circumstances. 
uh, to generate a financial result. That, that's, that's the ultimate goal. Um, but from the HR point of view, I would say, if, if we can communicate, uh, you know, and, and make people and, and, and current and possible talent to identify with your, with your vision and your mission and, 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 uh, and get behind those, those uh, uh, transformations, I think that's, that, that's the key. And, and you can only uh, execute a great transformation with a highly engaged uh, uh, workforce. If they're not engaged, that and we, we have the data, right? Uh, right. right. The, the first thing that happens when, when when transformation or reorganization happen is that you know the top talent leaves, right? They 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 go out running. Um, so I think this is important uh, that. Again, the main objective is to, to, to keep or improve the financial performance, but uh, through the increasing employee engagement. That, that's how I, I, um, I try to advise my, my, my customers and, and, and prospects uh, when we're talking, okay, how, how are you doing today to, to increase engagement and how you're monitoring the, the financial part? The financial part, I would say, is easy because either you have it or not, that's black and white. Uh, but how do you increase uh, the, the, the employee engagement to adopt new ways of work so you can improve that financial uh, outcome? And uh, Dave Ulrich came out with a study uh, last month, uh, the competency model, a new competency model, HR competency model that specifically talks to this. And uh, it's very interesting that uh, finally, and, uh, and Dave Ulrich, he thinks that HR is in, in a... In a in, in a crossroad right now, uh, that uh, there is a wave of transformation that how HR will enable uh, business capabilities better and faster. So, and, and that's what it's all about. So I, I kind of look at it as a triangle, right? Uh, similar, and it's all the same words you use. It's, it's engagement, it's productivity, and retention of top talent. So if I'm looking... You know, ultimately, I can I can measure all of those things. Thank God now, uh, and I and I can actually look into are they engaged? Do we have productivity, and are we do we have the ability uh, to keep our best talent? Which which is you you mentioned it earlier um, in terms of the succession plan. You know that that's you know the succession succession planning is forever changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in, and that's probably a good thing, not a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably a good thing. But the retention of that top talent, it's you still got to have that for your succession plan. One way or another, it's still going to populate it. Now we'll populate it differently and we'll rethink it, uh, of course. But if you're measuring engagement, you're measuring productivity, and you're measuring retention of top talent, then I think you then you you have the ability to at least see what's going on and then make a, a, make make adjustments. If engagement's not as high as it needs to be, okay. Well, there's a lot of different ways to go about fixing that. Um, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you while we were talking is do you or do your clients, do they fear kind of a, you know, a different experience like creating, I don't know, a, a, an office experience and a remote experience. We use two extremes. Um, and people that go to the office you know, day in and day out and do the bit. Uh, and those that never go to the office, are there, are we, do we now have not just do two different career paths potentially, but just two different kind of experiences in the sense of does, does one group 
get promoted at a faster click than another group? You know, do you, do, do they, do they express that fear or worry to you about, you know, having, having, you know, a multitude of people working in a multitude of different ways sounds great up until the point where three years later, we recognize that, well, we're promoting people that are in the office at a higher click than those that aren't. Yeah. And, and uh, th- that's, that's top of mind right now. Yeah. You know, before the pandemic, right? Before everybody was working from home, um, you you had to navigate uh, office politics, right? And you will you will get mm-hmm. people, you know living in certain location or living in the headquarters, they will have more visibility and that's they right. will that's more right. promotions and so on, right? That that's been studied, uh, right? Very very heavily uh, in the last 20, 30 years. So similar. We have a similar challenge in the, in the uh, work from home uh, space because you you you're losing even though you are online all day. Uh, but what type of interaction do you have with the decision makers? Right, it's, it's all about business. Right, get this done. Uh, we're we're fixing this problem. Uh, those are the type of conversations that you get in your in your Zoom and your team uh, teams uh, every day. Uh, but that personal connection uh, that you need to have. For again, we go, going back to the trust factor, uh, to to yeah, to enable opportunities, to 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 even find new opportunities, you know, or, or options when you are, um, uh, you know, planning your career. Uh, it's it's important to to have those informal conversations, uh, be present. Um, we're humans. That that's what it is. We mm-hmm. it's. Um, it's part of the human factor. We, we, we're working remote, but we're still humans. Yeah. I think, I think some of that, the worry comes from a good place because we, we're, we're right to worry about it. But I also think that you're right. You counterbalance that with just being thoughtful and being purposeful and recognizing that if, if, if something starts to you know, go in a direction that you don't like it, well, you can fix it. Again, you can make an adjustment there. Uh, but some of that just takes being thoughtful. Hey, you know, you got to have a uh, line of sight into the data and be looking at analytics, but but you also have to be purposeful and thoughtful. Uh, EJ, we could talk about this forever. So I, I really appreciate your time today. Uh, and I absolutely appreciate you correcting me on, on uh, Nakisa because uh, I've been saying it wrong for 30 years. So uh, I, pre- <laughs> I appreciate that more than you know um but but just thanks for coming on uh, the show and explaining this to us no thank you very much this was a blast awesome uh and thanks for everyone listening to the recruiting daily podcast until next time you've been listening to the recruiting live podcast by recruiting daily check out the latest industry podcasts webinars articles and news at recruitingdaily.com 